Welcome to the soon-to-be award-winning Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Wednesday, February 23rd, day 2022. Coming right up, it's the Book of Psalms, Chapter 51. We're going to be talking about the moral decay of society, UNESCO today. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel Podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. Don't you dare miss psalms chapter 51 coming right up after we introduce our special guest you know her you love her it's none other than tammy can you dig it lynn with the hyphen good morning tammy good morning michael and how we're, are you today we're for art thou today could you please tell our uh audience i am in london Ontario. And make sure you say Canada because no Canadians listen. It's all Americans. Okay, London, Ontario, Canada. And can you explain the climate here? Because a lot of the Americans live down in Palmetto, Florida, or Columbus, Ohio. Now, before you carry on here, Tammy, I want to tell you something about Columbus, Ohio. They get the same no, weather. No, don't. Oh, my gosh. They get the same weather Enough. as we do. They get the same weather as we do. And I have a, I have a special connection to Columbus, Ohio because my uncle, Enough. Steve Reed, used to host the TV program PM Magazine in Columbus, Ohio on NBC, and he lived in Columbus, Ohio. I want to uh, a little shout out. You be quiet over there to uh, people down in Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. Look at all these people. Seattle, Washington, Ashbourne, Virginia. It's so much fun there. The Riverwalk in San Antonio, Texas. You've been there, Tammy? Oh, I have. Could you recommend a good place to get a delicious sandwich there? <laughs> we ha- the whole Riverwalk is just loaded with restaurants and places to grab food. New Jersey, Clifton, New Jersey, Ireland. That's across the big pond there, Tammy. Anyways, let's... Never been. Mountain View, California, all through California, I want to say... Thank you for listening. I hope you are going to enjoy Psalms chapter 51. Let's get right down into it. This is the Companion Chapel, and you can get a hold of us at the Companion Chapel email. That's companionchapel at gmail.com. Now, we're doing Psalms 51 today. We're going to talk about the moral decay of society. This Psalm of David refers to when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Now, remember, David should have been out um, with his army, with Joab, but David started to turn into a lush. And David was standing there in afternoon, still in his, uh, what do you call it, kimono thing, that smoking jacket. Probably with old mustard glass with a, with a, with a Ryan Coke in it. And he's out on the king's balcony, and he looks over, and who's taking a bath down there? The most beautiful girl he's ever seen, Bathsheba. And what happened? talking about the moral decay of society. David was an example for us, and David means beloved of God. Don't judge David. God is judge. So let's get on here with this. Psalms chapter 51 and verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. He's a loving God. He's a God of love and compassion, and you cannot compromise that love and compassion. Love, compassion, and discipline. He knows best. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. When does this happen? Upon a change of heart. It's not through lip service. You can't just say sorry and not mean it. 
when it talk about repent, it means from the heart. It means you feel it. You don't want to act like that or have those vain thought patterns anymore or chase those vain curiosities anymore. You feel it. You want to please your Father. Verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Acknowledge your transgressions. That's the biggest stumbling block for people these days because of self-pride. They just won't acknowledge that they're wrong. You have to recognize your problem, confront it, and correct it. And your guideline for correcting your problems is this written word. The only consistent thought pattern, it's your love letter from God to you, from your Heavenly Father to you. This is what you have to be like to be conducive, to get back into a place of peace beyond our present comprehension that He set up for us. The universe isn't a place of war and conflict and disorder and chaos. It's a place of peace. That's where your Heavenly Father wants you back. He wants His children back. But if you're going to act like that, we got to be down here sitting in the corner of the universe here and uh, getting disciplined. Especially, uh, you can relate to that, eh, Tammy? Tammy, are you still there? Tammy just yeah. Tammy just lit a cigarette. Tammy, would it kill you <laughs> not to smoke during the podcast? I can't see the only I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou might be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. There's a lot said here, and we're going to talk a lot about this word evil right now. It's a very distinct word. Yeah, the only person you sin against is God himself. Our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the salvation ministry, our Savior, he did not sin. He was innocent. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. And he was tested to an extreme that none of us could have bore. And no iniquity was found in him. He was innocent, not guilty. We sin against God. And it says, uh, Thou mightest be justified when thou speakest. Because God cannot sin. Or his kingdom would be invalid. If God sinned, then he would have to let every, every sinner in. That's why Jesus Christ could not sin. And he will not negotiate with evil. And make concessions with evil. Will not compromise with evil. And in doing so, when he laid down his life and laid down his blood as that covenant, like that's all Satan had. And Jesus Christ was able to say, Satan, you got nothing on me. John chapter 15. And they set up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension that is valid, legit, and bona fide, and it will not accommodate evil. And that's all there is to it. What is this word evil here? This word evil is ra'ah. It is a moral absolute. It, we're talking about evil in thy sight. We have to admit it. It means injurious effects on man, either as physical or emotional harm to the person, manifesting as painfully unpleasant experiences. Ra'ah is the outright evil. It is, it is outright evil to passively demand others to acknowledge immoral relations. That word Raha is used there in Genesis chapter 19, 7, Judges 19, 23. Raha means wickedly, injuriously to others. Injurious to others. It means breaking up all that is good or desirable. Now listen to this, Tammy. Yeah. This word Raha. Now you, you know I go right down to the etymology of the word. Raha. 
It means being a participant, even a passive participant, in the moral decay of society, condoning or doing nothing at all, is the same evil in God's eyes as being an active participant. Let's talk about our children today. It is our duty to protect our children, the youth of society. Science has determined and proven that the prefrontal cortex does not develop in a youth until they're approximately 25. That means the rational part of the youth brain right now is being exploited for UNESCO's perverted agenda. The United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization is putting it on our youth that their crotch defines who they are. Your crotch does not define who you are. Your heart does. The biblical definition of marriage is love, not lust, as in self-gratification. What's in it for me? We're talking about evil, the moral decay of society. UNESCO has kicked God out of out of everywhere. They think they know better. Mankind has a 100% failure rate at governing themselves. We sin against God when we condone those activities because God cannot sin or his kingdom would not be valid. Verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Whoa, huge glossary thread here that a lot of people just can't wrap their heads around, but we'll help you here. When the Bible in Revelation chapter 12, when it says, one-third of the stars followed Satan. One-third. Who are the stars? Follow that thread through the Bible. That's us. We are the stars. We are the hosts of heaven. We are the angels. One-third of us. That's us. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 18, God set the stage for this earth age that us, me and you, we are the one-third that follows Satan. Where's the other two-thirds? They're up there. As the Bible says, they rejoice when one of us comes to repentance. But us, the one-third, has to pass through the matrix once born innocent of a woman to determine what unique light giver we are going to get enlightened by. The word light in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 18. When you see the word light there, that's a verb. The unique light givers, the one greater light for the day, we are the children of the day, and the lesser for the children of the night. Who is going to enlighten you? We have to pass through the matrix once born innocent of woman to decide in this short age. Genesis 8.21, evil from the youth is in their hearts. God knows how much affliction we need to humble for the eternity. We have to determine for ourselves and come to terms with what's inside of us and repent, as it's written in the Bible throughout the whole Bible. Repent of those vain thought patterns. Repent of being selfish and greedy and having attitudes of obscene entitlement so God can reconcile us through the Lord Jesus Christ or we can't go back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. There's a hell period after this. It's called the Lord's Day. And you can either be in the Millennium Temple side or God forbid you're over on the horrible side and we'll be praying for you. Let go of those horrific, repulsive things that you're hanging on to in your heart. They don't have a zero value. They have a negative value. They've landed you in hell. So when it says here, Romans chapter 8, God hated Esau right from the womb. He knew who we were before birth. Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before the womb. 
How could God hate Esau when he was still in the womb? Because he knows what we were carrying back in the age that was. The reason that we had to go through this flesh age, only one third of us, we have to come to terms with that. It's actually mortifying thought. And, and we're going to be taught that right now. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 9. I'm going to go there quickly. And uh, Tammy, you know what I'm using for uh, bookmarks? Which work excellent. Select a size bounty paper tells, Tammy. Waste. Isn't that kind of a waste of paper towel? Oh, well, then I'd be flipping through the pages here, listening to you smoking <laughs> cigarettes, flipping the channels around. Okay, listen. Jeremiah chapter 31, 19. Surely, after that, okay, I was turned. When God is placing, a, allowing affliction to run wild on you, because God knows how much affliction each of us needs to humble for the eternity. His arms are always stretched out. When you turn back to the Lord, I repented. I had a change of heart. And then I was instructed. And I smote upon my thigh. I was ashamed, yet even confounded, because I bore the reproach of my youth. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. It's instigated by Satan himself because we followed him. We entertained his ideals. And we had to be born innocent and come to terms with what's inside of us. All the evil in the world is from the youth. And let's talk about this verse for a second. This word confounded in verse 19 of Jeremiah 31. It's kalam in the Hebrew. It doesn't mean confused, like the English word which is jest, but ashamed to the point of being self-mortified, humiliated. This word ashamed in Jeremiah 31, 19 means, it's the word whoosh in the Hebrew. It means to fall into shame. We fell into shame. Born carrying sin. Psalms 51, verse 5, Genesis 8, 21, Genesis 6, 5. We were born carrying sin. So we could come to terms with what's inside of us. And that's an individual basis to do that. That's what this verse means. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me know wisdom. Yeah, how do you do that? Well, Jeremiah just told us. You turn back to the Lord, you repent, and then you get instructed. Um, verse 7, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Now there's no more blood ordinances because this was written before our Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled prophecy. The crowning point of Christianity was Calvary on the cross. When prophecy became in accordance with God's word, in accordance with reality. No more blood ordinances. Whiter than snow? That should make you think of Revelation chapter 1. Purity. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the only pure one. Now, when we're talking about, go back a couple verses, verse 4, and be clear when thou judgest. Such ethical purity, spiritual purity, social purity, and moral purity doesn't belong to mankind. That's not us. Only God. And we have to repent. We have to turn back to the Lord, repent. And get instructed on how to clean ourselves up. Clean up your act, Tammy. I know you've heard that quite a bit in your life. But now you can <laughs> apply it to God's word.
Wow. What? I'm getting burned here. Burned? Constantly. I'm so happy you said that figure of speech, getting burned. Because I had to explain that about uh, the word fire going through the uh, Bible, especially in the book of Revelation, is actually fury. It's what people say burns people. And what Satan uh, you know, produces through the global media, now through UNESCO, how it burns people. And I was just like, I, I wonder how I could get... And you did it, Tammy. You pulled through, as usual, Tammy Lynn. Give it up for Tammy, everybody. Round of applause. I just hear a cricket. I don't, I, just, I, don't, I don't hear any applause. I heard a cricket. It's, uh, you know what? I declared, <laughs> I declared winter over, and I don't know what happened, but old man winter must have a, a personality disorder because it was plus six yesterday, and today it's minus 19, and it's windy. And it's a good thing I went and got firewood yesterday, or I would have been um, up Poop Creek without a paddle. Frozen Poop Creek. Right, Tim? Yeah. Okay, let's go on to verse 8. Make me do hear joy and gladness, that thy bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins. This is just, we're talking about being a broken person. Always remember, Christ is the potter and we are the broken clay. And if you're broken clay, you can't hold anything good. Like if you got a broken, like say Tammy's broken ashtray, like it just won't hold like it floods over with ashes, right? And then she dumps her coffee in it and then tries to pretend no one's seen it. Saw it. Okay, listen. Verse verse uh, 9. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. What do you mean? Asking God to hide your face. After you repent. It says God puts the sin behind him. He never brings it back up again. He will never rub your face in your sin. He considers human frailty. God does not forgive grudgingly. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the forgiver now. That's the natural order of things. We pray to the Lord Jesus Christ to acknowledge what he did on the cross for us. He did not sin. That gives him the universal right to set up a kingdom that will not accommodate sin. It will not accommodate evil. So we can only ask for him for forgiveness because we only sin against the Lord, against thee, thee only I have sinned. Verse 4, and all this evil in thy sight that we're being part of. Now always remember, not doing anything at all is just as bad as, as willful sin. Standing back, oh yeah, it's not my problem. You know what? You have to actively get involved to some extent or another. Pick your battles. But be careful. If you want to fit in with certain people. Like say I want to go down downtown and have a sandwich. They're flying those flags. I'm going to talk about that today in a blog. And like, it, like, Am I going to go in there and go, Ah, oh, I'm glad to see you have those rainbow flags up, you know, just so I can get a better sandwich? No. No, I'm actually going to go somewhere else. Right, Tammy? We're going to talk about that later. Are you there? I'm there. All right. Verse 10. Okay, for, don't forget. It's mankind, when mankind forgives, I'd say nine times out of ten, they forgive grudgingly. It's like they sit in here. It's like... Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry about what happened. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. It's okay, pal. You know what? But back in 2000, what the... Or 2000, whatever. Back in August 2000. Do you remember what you did? I said, it's 25, 30 years ago, man. You gonna keep rubbing my face in it? You're the one that's carrying that sin. You're the one that has to hold on to it. You're the one that has to absorb all that evil now. Because you can't let go. 
Mankind forgives grudgingly. God never forgives grudgingly. And there's a big difference there. You have to consider human frailty in all things. This is a very short age. And always try and show compassion on others. But don't be a doormat. When it says the meek shall inherit the earth, that means we are afflicting ourselves with self-discipline. We learn to say no to ourselves. We always consider others. It's not what's in it for me. We always consider human compassion, human frailty, but we protect ourselves. We know how to say no to ourselves in the face of all the vain curiosities and temptations and all the billion trillion things that will lure you away from a place of peace beyond your present comprehension. Yeah. That's being, being meek takes strength. It takes strength. It is not weakness Self-discipline. Being meek yeah. takes a lot it's, of strength. It's just satanic. It's just so conveniently satanic how some of the best words in the Bible, uh, how they've been twisted in the English. And if you go back to Genesis right off the hop, the book of Genesis, the first few pages in your Bible, just see who twists God's word. See who twists the language. It's Satan himself. He always casting doubt. He says to Eve, uh, you're surely you won't die. The sly, cunning Satan himself. You know, like, are you sure? He said, just put doubt in there. That's his currency. That's all you have against the truth, Satan, is by casting doubt on others who fail at critical thinking and they'll run with it if they can find other people to run with it. Anyways, let's go. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Well, we're going to have to talk about this. The Holy Spirit cannot dwell within you if you are still harboring, harboring your corrupt spirit that caused you to fall into sin, to be born in the flesh. We are the one-third that followed Satan. Listen, I'm going to go to John chapter 14, verse 16. First, I'll read John chapter 14, 15, 16. If you love me, this is the Lord Jesus Christ talking, keep my commandments. Period. Very simple. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments because I know what's best for you. I'm your father. And I want you back. But I can't take you back if you're evil because the universe, the whole place of peace beyond a present comprehension, it's not a place of war. It's not Star Wars up there. We're not arming ourselves. You know, from the kitchen table to have guns laying around uh, to the world stage to have nuclear weapons and just crazy weapons pointed and created for one reason, to kill other human beings who are all part of the human family. That's just an embarrassment to mankind, an abomination to God. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father. He's going to say your name to Father. He's going to declare your name to Father. And he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Comforter. He's your comforter. He's going to give you an advocate with inside your heart, the Holy Spirit. This is not just the greatest thing. Christ came in the volume of the book. Christ came not to change one jot or tittle of the law or prophets. He came to fulfill. And I uh, just did a big thing on pork, Tammy. And I could have went on for another hour. And I've done a few other things on the mark of the beast, which you might be interested in. Because uh, Tammy was gallivanting around Ontario, planting the seeds of truth. Right, Tam? Okay, ready? Okay, the Holy Spirit. Like, that doesn't, this verse doesn't apply as much now because uh, we have our Lord Jesus Christ who can dwell in us. Okay? Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. 
via the Redeemer, your Deliverer, your Salvation, your Savior, the Kinsman Redeemer, whomsoever will. It can't be bought. You can't buy salvation. It's free spirit. What are we talking about? Free spirit, it means willful, unforced obedience, not grudgingly. Learn to say no to yourself. You'll have a better life. You won't be wanting and longing. There's no satisfaction. How do you say that? Satisfaction? No, satisfaction. Ah, <laughs> that's sad. Um, what happened, Sam? Satisfaction? How do you say it? Satisfaction. Yeah, I said satisfaction. No, you're saying... Satisfaction. Yourself. It's satisfaction. McJagger. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no satisfaction. You're always chasing, always longing, always wanting. It's never good enough. It'll never be good enough. And it'll lead you right to death. And death just means spiritual death. Or it could kill you if you chase drugs. Uh, uh, physical death. And you're spiritually dead anyway if you're doing that. Then... Will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Don't ever step your spot in the many-membered body, Mr. or Mrs. Holier-than-thou. You're called to action after you acknowledge Jeremiah chapter 31, 19. Remember what he said. He said, turn, repent, get instructed. Then can you teach transgressors. Some people get a few Bible verses and they just think they're all that in a bag of chips, man. I pray for everybody. We pray for the whole human family. But don't ever step your spot in the many-membered body. There's a natural order of things and you should be grateful that somebody has taken the time and support that person for taking the time to teach you what's in this book. It's like such a little book. And it's such a repetitive little book that'll get you to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. Think about the affairs of time and how... Just think about it. Infinity back, can't even comprehend. Infinity forward. Time's never going to stop. And it's never stopped. But think about your little life. What, 60, 70, 80 years? Like, I'm living on borrowed time. That's for real. And we all are. God is allowing us this little short period of time to determine, are we going to swing and miss here like we did in the first age? We are the one-thirds that followed Satan. Strike one. Here, swing and miss. Oh, we're going to follow our own hearts. Strike two. And then you end up in hell. And strike three is a fastball, man, because that is great white throne judgment. So watch it. There's a lot hinging on this age. Your thoughts, your intents, and your actions. That's why it's the number in Revelation chapter 13, 666. It would make no sense if it was just the number of the beast is six. It, it entails your thoughts, your intents, and your actions. Only God knows what's inside everybody's thoughts, intents, and actions. He has us reduced and restricted here to the point we're just at the top of the food chain. Like we're animals at the top of the food chain. And look at how we're treating each other. God gave us this gorgeous planet, a jewel of the universe, created in spectacular order and beauty. God is the creator. Mankind is the exterminator. No boundaries to mankind. But he gave us a way out because he loves you. Lord Jesus Christ did not have to come here, but he did. And that's our way out. Sinners shall be converted unto thee. That's your call to action after you acknowledge, I have to get instructed and I have to participate in glorifying, magnifying, and broadcasting God's saving word. 
You don't just put down your Bible after you hear a podcast or a Bible teaching broadcast. You participate. That's your call to action. You put your time in for God because you will be held accountable for what you did with your time. And this is such a short time. Infinity back, infinity forward. And we've been around for a long time. We're going somewhere. You go somewhere when you die. And you will be mortified. It's like what Jeremiah said. It's like what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 31. I have to go there once more because of what I skipped over a little bit of that verse. And uh, it says, I turned, I repented, I was instructed, I smote upon my thigh. That's like saying, damn, how could I have done that? I'm mortified with what I did in the first earth age that landed me here in this flesh age because the other two-thirds are watching us. That's why it says in the Bible they rejoice when one of us comes to repentance because we are all part of the human family. He wants us, like all of us, God wants us all, his children back, and so do our angels, the other two-thirds, want us all to sing for joy to please the Lord, to please our Father, and to glory Him that He set up a place of peace that we get to trip around in for infinity and not in these nagging, nuisance flesh bodies. God said, Hey, I repented that I had to put you guys in the flesh. It means He sighed with disappointment. This isn't how He wanted to create His children. He didn't create us in the flesh. He created us in spiritual bodies. There's no aching. There's no... Uh, what do you call that when... Uh, pro, like making babies pro, are you there procreation? no procreation there's no lusts of the flesh there's no pain, there's no agonies he had to do that to reduce us and restrict us so that we can come to terms with the base evil that's inside of us all and repent of it, ask for a new heart acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ what he did and then we can get on with the eternity Hey, when you look up into space and think about it, like they're all there. God said, I'm in this circuit up here with all the angels round about the throne, Revelation chapter 7. You can be one of those if you want to come back and explore the infinite intricities of a creation of the whole universe. But you're restricted to that little teeny planet right now. And I'm watching what you do with every second of every day. I want you to help the whole human family glorify magnify and broadcast my saving word because I want my children back. That's what God's saying. But he can't have prisons. He can't have uh, just evil. He will not put up with evil in the universe. And he's going to come back and claim this planet and claim his children and the children that don't want to be conducive to be in a place of peace beyond our present comprehension then they can go play somewhere else. And by the time Great White Throne Judgment comes along, at the end of the thousand-year period, the Lord's Day, now they're going to exhaust us. Just exhaust us from any compassion. It's over. Like, we want to get on with life here. And this isn't the life that a God would create for us, to be just one up from animals. So think about that, what we're doing here. Deliver me from my blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud... Of thy righteousness, my blood guiltness. Blood guilt is the self-destruction of your own soul and your part in the destruction of other people's soul. Again, the sin of not doing anything at all is the same in God's eyes as willful sin. 
Like, you, you don't ignore your call to action to help magnify, glorify, and broadcast God's saving word. Like, stand up and be meek. That means afflict yourself with self-discipline. And you be strong about it. And that's what sets the example. That's what God said. That's what Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 5, the meek shall inherit the earth. The self-disciplined. And what's the rest of this verse say? Okay. And my tongue shall sing aloud with thy righteousness. Go back to 47.7. Just one page back. It says, For God is king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Okay, you can't just open a hymn book and start singing at the top of your voice. And I can sing, hey, Tammy? In church, you've heard me, right? Yeah, oh. Tammy. Oh, oh, okay, I'll agree with you. I'm no DJ, but I can mix it up, and I can sing like nobody's business. But I'm telling you, you have to sing praises with understanding. We're, not, we're talking about the opposite of lip service, the opposite of just going through the motions and thinking, okay, this is good enough. Yeah, this is good enough. Um... Anyways, let's, let's carry on. We're going to talk more about going through the motions here. Uh, why Christians, that word has become a pedestrian term. And that's the saddest thing. Open the book. Let it speak for itself. Stop, stop playing church and being so churchy. And get biblically literate. Deliver yourself from your own blood guiltiness. O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Yeah, when you ask, faith without works is dead. And see, Tammy... I don't just flap my lips. The Lord has opened my lips. So, yeah, you can take back that little <laughs> nickname that you give me. What is it again? DJ Mouthy Mike? Yeah. Okay. Is that what you're going to say in front of God, Tammy? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, right. I'm, right. I'm sure, you know, I, I don't know. I'm thinking God has a sense of humor. Well, God's got a sense of humor. Throughout the whole book, it's he's he's of course he does. So I mean, it's like, and if he knows, like you know, what I'm saying is out of love and humor, and it's not hurting you. Yeah. Well, what hurts me is like you know when it's said like, you get a new name in heaven, and I know my new name is going to be Razor Blade. Raisin Brand. No. You know, like I try not to. You know what? I try not to get upset (laughs) about that, but. I'm telling you, you'll be calling me Razor Blade in heaven. Tell no, me. I won't. And I'll be calling you Raisin Brand for eternity. <laughs> That's not even funny, though. <laughs> it is. Why, why are you holding back your because laughter? I can hear it. It's Razor. I mean, it's I Razor. It's too long to it's, know that you don't find that humorous. It's Razor. I want my friends to call me Razor, not Raisin. And last summer, do a masonry. They were calling me Raisin because of you, Tammy. And it's Razor. <laughs> On the job site, I got called Raisin quite a bit. <laughs> you had a lot of nicknames on the job site. I know, Baby Huey, Happy Mike. Oh, it just went on and on. Okay. I remember when when I got your workers all laughing because I made you lunch and I put an Oscar the Grouch sticker on your lunch. That right wasn't now. funny because <laughs> that was hilarious. I was working in pediatrics at the time. And they ha- we had all these little kids sticker, and there was an Oscar the Grouch one there. It was like, oh my! Yeah, I opened my That's lunchbox in there. Lunch. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then what about the time that you were mad at me and you put in a can of dog food inside of my lunchbox? And I never did 
that? Yes, she did. I opened the lunchbox. There was a can of dog food, and everybody thought that was so funny. And it wasn't out of anger. I don't do stuff out of okay, anger. Okay, it wasn't out of anger. Then it was it was a joke. And remember Tanya? She was working. Troy and Tanya. Yeah. And she thought that was the. F she goes, "That's good. That's funny. That was the funniest thing." Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, I got a sense of humor. I prayed for those people today, and I hope they're doing all right. And yeah, you have a sense of humor, Tammy. You are funny. Ha ha, funny, 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 <laughs> and a barrel of laughs, funny, Tammy. Let's carry on here. Open thou thy lips. Yes, that's not my name, DJ Multi Mike. It is just Mike for uh, people that know me, Michael for other people. Right, Tam? For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not burnt offerings. In other words, no lip service. This, okay? No lip service. No going through the motions. That's why in Hosea 6 6 says, I want your love, not your burnt sacrifice. It's like you guys are just doing this going through the motions. Going to church, going through the motions. Acting all Christian y, going through the motions. Meanwhile, uh, you're guilty of blood guilt, which is the self destruction of your own soul and other people just through your ignorance and your arrogance, your greed, your gluttony, your investment portfolio. Are you making gains at the expense of others? What do you think that's on your account? you got to be very careful. You support God, not yourself. Okay? God's word. He'll take care of you. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. It didn't make him happy. And now, the offering is... What is the only offering? The ultimate sacrifice for God right now, the only thing he wants you to offer and sacrifice is your unadulterated love. That's it. My heart belongs to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Say that to the Lord every day. My heart belongs to you. Please cleanse me with your Holy Spirit and saturate me with your Holy Spirit. My heart belongs to you. And that's what he wants, and you have to mean it. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. And this is, the, I hate this word, Tammy. I talk it all the time. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, thou will not despise. Like the ways of the world will stomp on you already. So don't stomp on your significant other because you'll feel so bad. Maybe not right away. You're just so arrogant and ignorant. Trademarks of evil. But someday you're just going to be devastated that you were stomping on other people's hearts. Stomping on others. Through spite, through malice intent, ignorance, arrogance, anger. How dare you do that to someone else in your human family? How dare you? Contrite is my most unfavorite word in the Bible. I just... A, a, somebody stomping on somebody maliciously. Okay, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. What are we talking about here? Poor in spirit. I'm talking about, um, again, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. Poor in spirit towards the trademarks of evil. Progress, profit, materialism, consumerism, constant change, self-indulgency. I have to fly through this now because the battery's going to die on my computer. Do good in thy do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Okay, these two last verses belong to back then, and all God's prophecies occur and develop in partial and preliminary happenings as examples to us in these end times. So God's favorite place that we know from the last podcast is Zion. He's going to come back down, claiming his planet and claiming his people and sorting them out. Revelation chapter 21 will tell us about this in its completeness when it's coming to pass. And then thou shalt be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness. The sacrifice of righteousness is your love. And compassion for others. It's not about you, you egomaniac. You have love and compassion on others. 
And then you'll feel the love of Christ in your heart. And not out of sight, out of mind. No lip service. Do it. Get involved. Get involved with helping people come to a place of peace beyond their present comprehension. And there's only one way, and the only way is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is your ministry of salvation. He is your Savior, your Deliverer, your Redeemer, your Kinsman Redeemer. He is the light. He is the truth. And the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And that's it for Psalms chapter 51, because the rest of it's just talking about back then. The future is Revelation chapter 21. No more flesh in the eternity. No more flesh in the millennium. And thank God, because these flesh bodies are nothing but a nuisance. I have to get up. I have to have, what, some kind of uh, grilled cheese sandwich. Would you be able to hook me up with that, Tam? Um, not at this present moment. I'm a what? little far away. Because it's snowing outside and you can't even see the road. That's your excuse. Dude, that is lame. You're a Canadian. Be a Canadian. Don't you have snow tires on that little poop box you drive around? Beep, yep. beep. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Yeah, whatever. Bye. Anyways, it's a good thing I came back here yesterday and got some firewood and did all that stuff. And I went shopping. You know, I like the finer things in life, Tammy. So I shop at a... I don't mean to see snobbish. I shop at a one of the more higher-end stores around here. Um... Again, I don't want to be snobbish, and I don't want to rub everybody's face in it, that I like the finer things in life. And I shop at just this place up here. you probably never heard of it. It's called Walmart. And I know it's a high-end store because the parking lot is just pristine. It's just pristine. And you walk in, and my grocery store, Walmart, has somebody there to say hello to me when I walk through the door. Isn't that just the greatest thing, Tammy? I actually like the greeter up there. Yeah. Um... I want to be the greeter. I would like, love to be the greeter. I, I actually like the greeter. It, it's usually a little old man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I've, I've gone grocery shopping where you are like so many times, and yeah, I like, I like the little old man. He's always so sweet. Yeah. But the Walmart that I go to here in London. Yeah. The greeters. Yeah. Are not like. Oh no, they need to learn how to greet people pleasantly. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> we pray for everybody. They're not quite so nice here. Well, you know what? <laughs> you be nice to them, and they'll rub off, and then they'll be nice back. Listen, I want to thank everybody for listening. This is the Companion Chapel. Companion Chapel broadcast is going to be a broadcast soon because we have the opportunity to do video again, which I'm really excited about, Tammy. Um, are you ready to do some video, Tammy? We've been doing hundreds of podcasts here, so it's ready to do video podcasts, and we'll still put these podcasts up on wherever you hear your podcast, your favorite place, whether it's Apple or Radio Public or whatever place that hasn't helped me at all to, to do this. But, you know, we have Bible teaching constantly, continually, for the rest of my life anyways. I want to thank you very much for listening. Get a hold of us at companionchapel at gmail.com. Check us out at companionchapel.com. Thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day. Say it to me. And bye for now.